Hello and welcome in to the Sports Are Funny podcast with George Arjour. Today we had Jared Freyd on at Jared Freyd on Instagram, the J Train podcast, stand-up comedian, absolutely hilarious guy. You're going to love his stuff. If you don't follow him, you got to go follow him on Instagram at Jared Freyd. That's Jared, J-A-R-E-D-F-R-E-I-D. We talked a whole bunch of different things here on the podcast. We talked about social media, his rise as a comic, banana bread in the quarantine, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and some Patriots football. One of my favorite podcasts I've recorded. I think he's absolutely hilarious. I've been a big fan of his work for a long time, so it was a pleasure to have him on. So you're really going to enjoy this podcast. Before we get started, make sure you follow me and my brother's podcast, the That Being Said podcast with George and Sammy Jarjour. And also make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jour and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't before. I really appreciate it. Before we get started, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Hello and welcome into the Sports Are Funny podcast with George Jorjur. Today we got Jared Braid on J Train Fifty Six on Twitter. Uh, he's part does the J Train podcast, uh, stand up comedian around the country. Uh, any other introduction you'd like to tell people about, Jared? That's what I got. That's who I am. That's <laughs> it. That's all yep. you need to know. That, that's all anyone needs to know, huh? Uh, the, you you kind of had a nice little rise to i mean i'm sure a lot of people might say overnight but it's not been overnight you've been doing this for years but like the last year i feel like you've really popped off and uh kind of become more of a household name i I don't know if you would agree with that but i just feel like this last year i've really seen you a lot more around the internet personally oh i mean i put a lot of stuff out there i i guess like yeah i i don't know i i've been doing stand-up for 10 years so for me, it's, you know, feels like a long time. Um, also, like, you know, I put a lot of stuff out there. So it's nice that you found it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, well, I feel and I, like a lot of my friends have also follow you. And I, like you've just been I feel like this last year, especially like I feel like every person who, you know, starts to get well known around the country, like there's always that point in time where you start seeing them more often. I don't know if that's because you become more popular or you become better at your craft or what it might be. But like, I just, I feel, I don't know if you feel like you made like a huge turning point this year, but I, as a fan of your, you were your work. I feel like you did. I appreciate that. I, I it's, um, I don't know. It, it, it's like, uh, it, it, you know, I, I don't know if it's like, for me, I've always been putting stuff out and work at this every day. So yeah. I'm happy that more and more people find my stuff. I'm happy that more and more people like it. You know, my goal is, has always been the same. It's just to do stand up and, you know, come to people's cities and, you know, put out stuff that people laugh at. So it's been really cool to have, be able to like be in a position to do more. But it's also like, you know, I, this, I've treated this as a job since the minute I started doing it. So right. It, it's um this was all like i i so i've been putting a lot of stuff out there with the goal of like 
always thinking like, hey, I want people to like follow my brand, follow what I'm doing. Right. You know, I'm going to put out funny stuff on a daily, weekly basis. So it is cool to, that it finds more people, but it's kind of the same for me on my end. So, but you know, you get yeah. better at it. It's a, it's a mix of everything. You get better at it. More people find you. Mm-hmm. You find different ways to do funny stuff. All that stuff works into it. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And do you feel like, I mean, in a way with uh, stand-up and comedy and all that, like do people, uh, it's kind of a fun question. I, I always ask anytime I bring a comedian on, do you like find that people expect you just to be funny all the time? Like, you're like, I don't just make jokes 24 hours a day. Yeah, I, I think um, sometimes people expect that you need to be the center of attention at all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think like the best comics are good listeners. Like, oh, yeah. They, they, you know, it's more, the funniest people are, you know, they're back of the class people, not the front of the class, the back, you know, stand-up comedy is like a shit talk with the people in the back. It's not really like, I would think that like improv is more of like the person that's on every five Mm -hmm. seconds and trying to, you know, be more clownish. So it's, uh, yeah. So people, everyone has their things. Hey, tell me a joke. And also like, it personally offends people sometimes when you say you're a comedian, like, and they don't know who you are. And they'll go, oh, you think you're funny? Oh, because, like, so much of, like, some people's, like, anyone, there's a difference between being funny and being funny on stage. So, like, right. when I do stand-up, it's, like, a very prepared thing. So, like, it is funny, though, like, you'll be, like, especially as an unknown comic like myself, where it's, like, yeah, I do, I, I'm a comedian. They go, oh, really? Mm, okay. Uh, and it's give like, me something funny. Yeah, especially with men. Men right. are very um, because a lot of what builds up our ego is, oh, I'm a funny guy. Right. So it's like <laughs> just by me saying it, it, it's kind of the, the world right now kind of you know works like this where it's like you know it's it's this like I like chocolate, so that must mean fuck vanilla world, which I I, right. I don't really uh, you know prescribe to, but like sometimes when you say. I do comedy that some people take that as, well, you must think I, I'm funnier than you. And it's like, I don't think in those terms. Yeah, no, no, that makes perfect sense. Especially, like you said, men are like, it's hard to come across too many men who don't have an ego, right? I, I've even noticed just doing the podcasting thing that anytime I re- I'm more likely to reach out to a man and not get a response about coming on a podcast than to reach out to a woman who are always like, yeah, sure, I'll try this out. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it feels like men are very territorial. Like, oh, this guy, like, why does he want to talk to me? It's weird. I like you think we should, we should be all like you know kind of band together and be like, yo, let's all get good. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what it is. It's, um, it's within us all though. It's very human, you know. Right. Yeah. No, we're all. It's it's within us all. So, how did you get started in comedy? Like, uh, tell. Our audience, I guess. How? Where did you start? Why did you get into comedy? And what's been your journey to get to where you are today with the podcast and uh, the TV appearances and all that? Started in New York. Um, I just, you know, the best part of my day was writing funny emails to friends. So I would write <laughs> to like a group email, you know, and then I'd have a buddy get back to it, be like, "Oh, that was fucking hilarious." And I like to ball bust with friends, so I was like, "How do I repeat this every day?" And that really turned into me like writing stuff online and going to open mics and how do I feed myself this drug that feels right. 
best for me. So I started doing that in New York. And then um, as things went on, I get, again, like treated it like a business. And okay, how do I get, you know, you can spend your life waiting for someone to find you, but you'll be waiting a long time. For me, I was always pursuing my audience. So I'm always looking to like do new things that get my voice out there to be funny, put myself in the right surroundings to show off what I can do. So I started the podcast and was like, uh, you know, I love listening to podcasts. So I was like, this is kind of what I, I think I'd be really good at. And so I started a long time ago and um, just was very consistent. Like it came out every week at the same time. Like that was very much a part of what I did. So wrote for a bunch of websites, always looking for opportunities to get, you know, in the social media world, social media is like kind of a good solution to my problem. Okay. Uh, you know, send me some retweets and I'll write you an article. Uh, post my tweet and just post my name. You don't have to pay me for it or I'll, you know, so I, I've always liked looking to exchange someone's platform for just being funny on it. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. Like right now we're in this world where we can actually do this, right? Like 30 years ago, you'd have to actually go through a very structured route to get to become a, you know, a well-known comic or be on a radio show. There wasn't, but now you could put yourself out on Twitter. You can put yourself out on Instagram. You can reach out to publications and say, Hey, I'll write for you for free. But we didn't have this opportunity there. Like there's no roadmap right now. So you kind of create your own roadmap, which is really cool and really exciting, but it's also easy to get lost in doing things that don't matter in a way like you could do too much and not know where to put the right attention in I which I see a lot of people do but what's cool with you is like I know on your Instagram that you have like all these you know short bits and videos and parts of your podcast like I know what to expect when I if if I go on your Instagram feed and people like that and you can repeat and rinse that and do new stuff using that same method and I think it's really valuable for not only yourself but for your consumer. Yeah, I also just have fun. Like, I do stuff I find fun. Like, I right. love watching The Bachelor. Okay, how do I make yeah. that funny for the audience? I love I love just, like, uh, complaining about charcuterie. Okay, how do I make that fun? How do I make that edible? You know, like, I just, <laughs> yeah. like, if I have fun with it, then I find that the people that follow me generally have fun with it, too. Yeah, and I think that's important, too. Like, I, I read something once, build for the audience you want, not for the one you already have, right? So like if you put out enough good stuff for things you like, that audience, eventually your stuff's going to continue to get better. And two, your audience is going to be that people that you actually want to have around, right? Like there's a lot of people, I always talk about Instagram models, right? Like they have followers, you know, some of them showing off their, you know, boobs and butts and stuff, which is great if that's what they want to do. But then they get like a bunch of their followers are like 2 million men who just want to, you know, like a picture of an ass. And they, the girl might like writing poetry, for example, but she doesn't have the audience for that. So really, how valuable is that audience for her? Like internally, it's it's hard to gauge. Yeah, I, 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 if that audience can help them pay the bills to do the poetry. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Not, no, the bills, no, there's no like, problem. But like if you're like a model. And you're like, okay, I can, I, I don't, it, yeah, I, it depends what your goals are. I really right. don't, you know, my goals are to have people come out the show. So if they like, you know, like I'll have people watch my stuff and not follow. And I'm like, yeah. what, you know, you watch all my, and it's like, you just watched all my stuff and you didn't follow. So you got out of me what you needed and then you just moved on. Like, so yeah. where's my, 
So I, so I don't even get the numbers and, and everyone thinks it's like a small thing, but it is, you know, you've taken from me, consumed from me. Right. And then you didn't even add to the group. And then how will you know if I have a show going on? You won't. If you don't follow, you will have no idea. Right. So it's weird to me. Like people will be like, oh my God, I love it. I love it. And then they go away. I, and then I'm like, <laughs> well, you didn't really, you know, this, you came to the movie and didn't even pay for your ticket. Like, and like, mm -hmm. I think also admitting to the, to the, um, uh, to the currency that exists, like the follow economy does exist. Like if someone has 2 million followers, like right. they get, you know, they can make money off of that. And also those 2 million followers are getting entertained by them in some way. So right. it, it is interesting that people seemingly casually forget and think well it's like the well my vote doesn't matter well it does right you know i want to be able to you know if i say i'm putting up insta stories from atlanta and or seattle where you are yeah. and you know and someone in seattle goes oh man i wish i knew about the show well you consume from me every day except you don't follow so how would you not you know what I mean? So it's no, like a hundred percent. That's that's a great. So it's like it's almost like a complete one way relationship, but they're not even getting anything out of it at the end of the day. They they come in, they consume your stuff, they watch, they leave, they enjoyed it. They don't know anything else again if you come to their city and that, and you don't get a follower. Like it's like what 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 the hell was the point? Well, then this? you know, but it, the someday the, this all has to pay off. Like I, I this sounds small, but like mm. it, if you're enjoying someone's content. Like your follow does matter. Your follow does support them in a, in a, in a, in a way that, you know, it's like, it's a, it's like a version of trickle down economics. Like, right. listen, I don't expect everyone who ever follows me to come to a show, right. but I know that we are one step closer to that happening. If you do follow, right. we're two steps away. If you don't, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And then I've never actually looked at it that way, but it's very interesting because you think that the views are what matters, which it does. Like, right, if you have a video that goes really well and gets a thousand sends and a thousand saves and a lot of profile clicks, yeah, it's good. It means more people saw you. But if they don't follow you, you're really not gaining anything out of it in the long term. I remember I, I told my dad, I was like, it was like, oh, like five or six years ago. I was like, it was like Thanksgiving. And he was like, um, and I was like, wow, this tweet went crazy. It got like, mm -hmm. 50 retweets i was like that's crazy to me and right. then he was like well how much does that pay and it's like oh mm. <laughs> that's that's you know that's where you get like a little bit of like oh you know i guess it doesn't it doesn't yeah. if you're not building the audience to want to keep coming back to come back you know like that's why i love podcasting like podcast is the most intimate art form you're inside right. people's ears like you're legitimately inside their body right while you entertain them like so people zone in and out of podcasts, but my relationship with the podcast that I listen to mm -hmm. is very strong. If they're doing something, I know about it. I'm, right. So it's like, you know, this is like maybe a different conversation for like sponsorship. Like yeah. I would think a podcast sponsorship is, can be better than like, you know, something that over, that's why people don't sponsor Twitter. Right. Yeah. That's why like so, you, you see people have a hundred thousand followers on Twitter, get a thousand likes and a hundred retweets, but aren't really selling anything. Well, I was doing like, I was doing bachelor live tweets and yeah. I enjoyed live tweeting the bachelor and people would follow me because they knew me for doing that. 
And then I was also doing this thing called dudes watching rom-coms where I would watch romantic comedies on my Instagram <laughs> and cool. I would make fun of it. Like as a guy, just, I would just say, you know, enjoy the show, but talk about it. And then I was like, you know what, what if I combine those two to do it like the bachelor version? So I'll watch the mm-hmm. bachelor on my Instagram stories. I'll tape it every day mm-hmm. and I'll keep, and I'll yell at the TV while I tape it. Yeah. And that my relationship with like the audience, totally changed like live tweeting the bachelor it was just words on a page it wasn't right. but when i live when i live screamed as i called it live yeah. the bachelor it was like they were watching with me they knew what my sensibilities were oh okay this is exactly like you said like you know what you get this is what the show is going to be like hey i'm coming right. to your city oh wow i love watching the bachelor with him i'm yeah. sure i would love a night with him that, so it's interesting the way genius. you relate to people in a different way like and you feel it like you're like Oh, this is different than a retweet. This is someone enjoying a show with you. Yeah, and like just to go off what you're saying and and just build off it, like a retweet is so passive, right? You're scrolling through, click, click, gone. But when you're saying you're live, as you call live screaming, someone has to actually tune in and listen, be in your ears and actually like interact with you. So like the retweet, which takes half a second versus someone who's listening to you, they're listening for five, six, seven, ten minutes. So it's yeah. like it's in, it's intimate. It means a lot. That, I've never actually thought of it that way. But like just talking through it with you, like you kind of learn a lot about yourself and your habits. And like, like I'm sure. kind of even learning about my own habits with people and how I interact. Because there's some people I like I see on Twitter every single day, and I'm like, oh, this guy's funny. Press like, retweet, and I'm out. And I don't even like I, I'm already following them, but I don't really do anything else with them. Well, I think it's like also like it's also being admitting to like I think right now you have to figure out if what you feel good about the successes line up with what your goals are. Right. Like, uh, you know, my if if I'm killing it on Twitter, but my goal mm-hmm. is to do stand up and travel the country, are those going to relate? Are those going to come probably together? Not. Maybe, probably not. And it's like if I'm, you know, concentrate, you know, if I'm going to my audience with stuff I love doing and I mm-hmm. think is funny and putting out the podcast and putting out a show that I really love doing. Uh, and then people are connected to that. Like, Oh, that's a different connection. Right now. That's a great way to look at it. Cause like for me, like my goals here with this company that me and my brother are running is that we have this podcast, we have his podcast and we have a joint podcast and we have our website with a bunch of writers. Right. But my goal for the website is a lot different than the goals for myself with this podcast. So like it, I never actually like sit there and internally think like, all right, so I'm working on, you know, an article for the website or a blog post. It's a whole different audience and different way of interacting with people on Twitter. Like mm-hmm. it needs to, you have to really like kind of separate those things into different things to reach that goal. And it's a great way to actually look at it. It seems like, what did you do before podcasting? It seems like you have a very like good structured business mind on these things, which I, I was selling life insurance and annuities yeah. i was working in new york and you know i i was jealous of people who loved doing that i really didn't love doing that it wasn't fun yeah. for me so yeah it was just like let me fuck around and do some fun <laughs> shit but I, I you know i like but i've always kept in mind that like listen i want this to be my life right. you know i i think that's um why i take it as seriously as i do but also like that's why like every day i wake up and you put something out there like you got to yourself out there every day 
Yeah, no, and you're doing a great job. And it just, it's like, just even talking to you, I realize how much of, maybe it's from selling insurance, right? There was like a way to sell insurance. Maybe, maybe you found the formula on how to do this, like through the internet the right way. Who knows? I don't know. I, yeah. I've, uh, a lot of it's centered on something that I enjoy doing and then being like, okay, how do I put it out there in a way that people could see it the way I'm seeing it? Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. And uh, I know during this quarantine, you've been putting out a lot of uh, stuff like baking bread. I've, and uh, I've seen so many different, you know, little bits. But before I get to some of your bits that you've been putting out, I, I, I kind of thought of something when you were talking about The Bachelor. Do you, What do you think is going to happen to The Bachelor and Bachelorette after this? Do you think it's going to be like people are going to be kind of repulsed by seeing people make out that with people they don't know? I. Is the world no, really going to change? Because no, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think um, the world on Twitter is very different than the real, real world. I think yeah. like, you know, like I live in New York and every time I talk to someone, they'll go, that doesn't live in New York, they'll be like, how is it there? Like, yeah. and it, it, it is, and I'm like, it's just quiet. Like, like I'm not, I'm not working in a hospital, so I don't know, you know, obviously my experience is different than someone who's like a frontline worker, but like, you know, when I see like, like, but I, but I do hear when they Mm -hmm. call me, they're like, how is it? I can hear in their voice what they think is going on here is not what's happening here. Like we just, the numbers are bad, but like day to day I'm out, you know, I go get coffee. I'm Mm -hmm. walking the streets. Like. You know, I keep yeah. six feet. I put on a mask when I have to put on a mask. Yep. But it's not that all, you know, it's just quiet. And <laughs> it's, it's interesting because, like, I used to always say, like, unless my mom knows about it, it's not a story. Right. So <laughs> it's, like, like not worth me talking about. So, like, I'm in the world of, like, social media and I'm, I'm all. Sorry for those listening to the podcast. We have a little audio issue right now. It looks like Jared is fixing it. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Um, (laughs) So I know that when I do, you know, you have to, like, especially for comedy, like, there's these two different worlds that exist. There's this online world, and you have to, like, admit to that. But then there's, like, the real world. And it's, like, like, when I call my parents, they're, like, they're, like, fine and think it's, like they're, they're just, their mindset is totally different. It's like the answer is somewhere in between. Right. So like the idea that like, we're going to watch the bachelor and be like, Whoa, how could they be breathing on each other? Like, I don't think <laughs> that, I think that's kind of like the Twitter world. Yeah. Like where it's like, like I read a, and, and the thing is, if you are a Twitter user, I think it's really underrated that you just reading the comments, you have to go have that go through you. People right. will always be like, oh, ignore it, ignore it. But if you go like read the responses to Trump on Twitter. Oh, which I do all the phys- time. It's physically <laughs> debilitating. Right. It, it doesn't feel, you feel badly, like mentally, physically. And like I do, I read the response. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you're in the world. Like you people like exist. Like on both one, sides, by the way, not just, absolutely, I'm not, I'm not even, yeah. I'm just saying you read down that list. Everyone on it mm-hmm. makes you, but then the people go, well, ignore it. It goes through you. It goes yeah. through your head, your eyes, into your brain and out your fucking ass. So like yeah, you, you, that, you consume it. Like you consume you, it. You, you, you can't just fucking ignore it. 
<laughs> you can't ignore the things you see in life and people and with that goes a lot with social media so like yeah. i know that this is a world like last night i was reading these tweets from this person and it was all about how like young people are just like fucking dying like every <laughs> young person is dying and like i know they weren't saying that but that's the way it made me feel i was yeah. like oh my god i started getting anxious and i couldn't get to bed i was like maybe i maybe this is my last night on earth and it's like <laughs> But then like you laugh at that and then you go, yeah, this stuff like, so you, you know, you think of like a show like The Bachelor, I think we're going to be yeah. watching it with eyes that aren't through the lens of like these crazy online people. Like this right. is going to be a show on TV. Like I really don't think it's going to be like, I, I know that they started The Bachelorette and then they had to stop taping. And yeah. I was like, well, that's fuck. That sucks. I hope they recast the show because it seems like, you know, I, I hope it happens again, but I, I, I don't think anyone's going to be like, you're kissing that part. I don't think that's going to be. Yeah. I hope not, man. And I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people on Twitter, like you said, but you, you like, I know it's hard to ignore. Just don't go read Twitter. Don't, don't type in bat, hashtag bachelorette during the bachelorette. Well, the, the, the problem with social media is that it's all like, you'll put up a tweet that's like, I love uh, yogurt. Yeah. And then someone will respond, Oh, so you don't give a shit about the lactose community? Do you know how many people die in the lactose community? You're like, <laughs> that's not where I was going, but like that's the world. Yeah, it is the world. It's a weird world we live in. And like you said something like our, about your dad earlier about like does Twitter pay the like how much does it pay you and stuff like that. But just thinking back to my parents and your parents and stuff like they don't they're probably a better gauge of what's going on than like most you know, 25 year olds because they're not on Twitter consuming every single tweet and listening to, they, they kind of have this focus that they almost like the old days, right? They're not consuming. Every you have to find a healthy mix between the two. Yeah. I think like you have to find that you have to know both worlds exist. Right. And the answer, like nothing's as good as it seems and nothing's as bad as it seems. Like it's always the case throughout my whole life. Nothing. Anytime I had like a successful thing, it wasn't that successful. And everything I had a miserable day, it wasn't that bad. It's always in the middle. And, you know, like, you know, your parents saying, oh, it's fine. It's not fine. Yeah. But it's also not, you know, I'm not stepping over bodies to get to the market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're right. Somewhere in between, like, there's all those, like, you know, you get, you go on Reddit or as, for example, another website that I probably shouldn't spend as much time as I do on Reddit. And it's like, you go read about what's going on in the world right now. Oh, the world's not going to be open till 2022. Like, eh, probably before 2022. Don't worry about it. Like, it's, it, it's also not going to open next week. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere in the middle. Exactly. So you grew up, uh, just to switch to sports a little bit here. So you grew up in Bo the, right outside of Boston. Did you grow up as a Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics? Or I was always a bigger football fan than anything else. Yeah. Um, Always a big Patriots fan. I love the Red Sox, uh, Celtics, Bruins, not as much, but yeah. definitely, you know, the Patriots were like, like football was like, and I, I think like now people look at Patriots fans and they hate them, which I understand, yeah. you know, people hate successful people. So like, I, like, I get that. Um, but uh, New England, Massachusetts wasn't really a football town. Like, no. I remember when I first, like when I was really young getting into the Patriots, like 
my dad and my dad's good friend, like we would all watch games together. It was like kind of an event for us, but it wasn't like the cool thing. Like it was very much like rock radio network, like kind of like not like Celtics Bruin or Celtics Red Sox. Red Sox was always number one. Yep. Celtics was always around there, but like, and then all of a sudden like Patriots became like become this thing like with Parcells and Pete Carroll. And then it, and now it's like, they after 20 years of winning now it's like everyone's the biggest Patriots man in the world but I remember like being into the Patriots was like that was like the third thing fourth thing yeah no I mean that franchise had zero success until Parcells and Bledsoe went to the Super Bowl I mean before that they went to a Super Bowl in the 80s I believe 85 so they lost to the Bears yeah they got killed by the Bears right like 35 nothing or some crazy number and other than that, this it, it was a franchise of no success. But now everyone like looks at it like Brady, Belichick, the evil empire, the cheater. It, it's funny how everyone's always a cheater when they win. I, as someone from Seattle, and I'm a big Seahawks fan, and I just don't understand pa- Patriots haters. Like, at some point, I, I love good it. football. I love good football. I, I always have. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like they became kind of boring, you know, as, as sad as that sounds, like I got the cheater thing. I think like people would do this thing where they expected the Patriots to act better than they would personally. Yeah. Like when you like get to like, like the, especially with the deflate gate thing, that was like one of those things where it's like, like I couldn't understand both sides. Like Patriots fans were like, it didn't happen. Look at the, like they were looking at the um, like the the mass index and all that shit. Like like, and I was like, he definitely did it. And like, yeah. there's no question to me like that. Like that, a quarterback would be like, no, I like it a little bit. Like I like the ball to be this way. That makes sense to me. It also didn't, but also on the other side of that, it's like if you're out there being like a quarterback, being like, no, I like the ball to be like this, then you're out of your mind too. Like again, yeah. like like you know like. <laughs> Like, you don't speed on the highway. You didn't take Adderall in college before every test. Like, it it was weird that people found solace almost in making someone, like, like as if they, like, spoke from this place that they were a perfect person. Right. You know, with anything else. Well, like you said, speeding is a great example. Like when you're speeding on the highway, right? You you probably know, okay, I'm going a little bit over the speed limit. You're not going 120 on the highway. You're like, yeah, I'm sure. going speeding. But with the PSI, like it was what? The PSI of a football was 0.2 less than the, like, do you think Brady was like, PSI at like 0.2 less, please? Like, no, it, he it just wants to soft football. It never made sense. And it's like, it, it's like a lesson for life. Like the minute you attack someone, they just like huddle to their side and they protect. Right. They're not going to let anything in. And it's like, that was one of those examples. Where you're like, man, like that ESPN article came out where they were talking about how, like, you know, the, the troubles between Brady and Belichick and how, you know, in the Garoppolo mm-hmm. trade. And I was like, yeah, this all makes sense to me. Like I can totally understand that this yeah. would have, like, this is very human. And then everyone's like, oh, ESPN trying to get us. I'm like, trying to get us? ESPN's in Connecticut. Like, everyone there is, like, around, <laughs> like, your neighbors. Like, yeah. they're not trying to get you. Yeah, like, 50% of ESPN's probably Patriot fans. <laughs> it, even so, it's like, what do you, like, why? 
I understand, like, it, but it, everything gets that way. I, I like this. Us, like, you can't look at this and go, yeah, but it's not that big a deal. But then what happens is if you give an inch, people think you take the whole mile. So yeah. <laughs> if you say, yeah, he probably needs to play the football, then they go, cheater, cheater, cheater. And it's like, again, that other side is a piece of shit, too. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and like back to that Belichick and Brady story. I mean, it turns out it's probably true. They still won Super Bowls. Absolutely. But, but everyone works with people they don't like that much, and they have successful companies. Like it's really not a that fucking or, big deal. Or even you know things run its course. Right. Like you know I again like I do my podcast and I do another podcast. Like you know how many places I in the ten years I've been doing comedy. I've always put myself out there, but when you put, what I found is when you put yourself out there to like write for people or work with people, mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, there's an ending. It, it has to end. Nothing goes mm-hmm. forever. Like of course. We, you, you'll have great moments and then it'll be like, ah, is this working for both parties, for all parties? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I used to do the pro, the podcast that my J train podcast used to call, be called the TFM podcast. Mm-hmm. TFM, if you remember, is total frat move. That was like a yeah. big site that was like in the guy world of, right. of websites. And I love doing the TFM podcast. Like we, you know, I met with them. I, and I remember I went to them in Austin and I was like, Hey, you guys, I would love to do your podcast. And they were like, right. what the podcast? And I'm like, great. I'll <laughs> start it. You guys promote it. We, you know, we'll all split revenue if it comes in. And when we put that together, you know, we started the TFM podcast and I started taking emails. And so it became an advice show. Yeah. And but an advice show has nothing to do with total frat move. No. And at a certain point, podcast gets so big that total frat move is like, hey, can we have our name back? And then you do your podcast, and we'll have our name back, and you can do your own thing, and you keep the audience, and I'll do. And I'm like, that makes total sense. Yeah. But it was a natural ending. It's not the. I'm not sitting here being like, fuck them. They needed their name back. Like, yeah. of course I get that. Like, yeah. But there was a the mutual out- beneficial benefit. For both of you, we, at some point, we got out of this. The timing for it worked. We got out of it what we needed, both of us. Mm-hmm. And you know, no relationships end exactly on time. That's the problem with like dating. When right. people look back <laughs> at their relationships, they go, "Well, fuck that person." It's like, well, that person is the reason you are the person you are today. Yeah, like, actually, dating get, is the most. It's the biggest shaper of the human being there is, probably. I, I don't know, but I'm saying yeah. that just when you date someone that they, this is a person you've let into your life and yeah. you, you know, the way you learn about yourself is through other people a lot of times. So, yeah. you know, like my, my girlfriend will say things to me like, you know, you know, you do this a lot and I'll go, I had no idea, you know, like <laughs> I, I, just because you're the center of your own world. So it, it is interesting. Like when you get out of a relationship, you go, so many people will get mad at having the experience when right. you really should look at it and go, no, that was the experience that made me today. What I yeah. do now, a hundred, a hundred percent. That's a really good way of actually looking at relationships. Um, so, I guess la- last little segment here. I wanted to ask you. So, a couple of things with the quarantine. I just love what you've been doing. Like with the ban- the, the banana bread thing is something that's been bo- not bothering me, but it's just pretty funny how many people have just been baking and doing all this stuff. And well, you kind of had a funny take now, on that. Now- what people are doing is they're making mini pancakes. Have you oh, seen, I that? seen that? No, I haven't so seen that. So now mini pancakes have taken over for banana bread. It's coming. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's now coming. What pe- it's coming. Mini pa- so they'll make a little tiny pancakes and then they'll cook them all at once 
and then put them in a bowl and it'll be like you're having pancake cereal. Oh. It, here's the thing. Looks delicious. It looks, or sounds delicious. It, but if it looks like I see the mini pancakes in a bowl mm-hmm. with like the you know, syrup on top and a little pat of butter, I go, it, it is visually pleasing to the eye. <laughs> like I, I look at that and I go, I kind of want to see what I want to make a mini pancake. I get that. When I, with the banana bread, when I see it, I go, oh, I, I look at that and I go, ooh, okay. What happens with the baking and the reason that it's bothersome is like social media gives you that one little thing that right. they'll show you the mouth. Yep. And, but it's really <laughs> the whole face. But they'll give you that little tiny mouth. And it's like, so we're seeing things through a keyhole. So in the keyhole of the baking post, you're like, this person goes, just whip something up. And you're like, no, you didn't. You Googled something you've never baked before in your life. There's no admission to that. That's the bothersome part. That's why everyone makes fun of it. It's like, wow, everyone's baking banana bread. People just want to let people know you're not individual. You're not uh, special. You're not doing something that you do all the time. You're not going to do a banana bread business. You're... Just give us one caption that says, I Googled this. That's the only reason I did it. But most people will put out the banana bread and go, look at me, I'm Martha Stewart. And it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. It's, it's actually a great point. And it's like, it's a copycat game, right? Like you're saying the, the little mini pancakes are coming. I haven't seen it yet. But coming, give me baby. a week. They're coming. Because people see this on social media. Like, First of all, I've never really liked banana bread. I had never even thought about banana bread before. But now I've been thinking about banana bread all the time. So it's my, like you my see grandmother one after used, another. My grandmother and my mom used to make banana bread like literally weekly. Like it's actually kind of weird. And I never thought <laughs> – and then like I, I, I just never thought of it. Like I just didn't know maybe other people make this. This is something people do. Yeah. And then this onslaught – and it's like it just takes one person because the mini pancakes, you look at it and I, and I do have that in me. I look at it and I go, that's pretty cool looking. I do want to – do something else with that. I want to, I kind of want to like see what it tastes like, see what it feels like in my mouth. But it's just, when it becomes annoying. And I think this is everything of social media is when you uh, suck out the context of like why you made the mini pan. Like very rarely will people make banana bread, put it up and go, I just want to copy everyone else. Which is what it is. Which is what it is. Instead they'll write, you know, I'm big on bananas and banana breads and grandma taught me this recipe. It's like, <laughs> no, you didn't just come up with this. Yeah. And it probably doesn't even taste that good for most people. Like how many people can bake and for the first time, most of these people are baking for the first time in their life. How many of them are going to actually end up be like, oh man, I'm a fucking great baker. Also, you have to let the bananas get old before you make it. But I bet. Oh, I had no idea about that. See, you know more about <laughs> banana bread than most people do. You should be the one baking. That's right. Or, or at least, man, you should at least try the mini pancakes. Just, just Google. You Googled it, it, right? I saw it. You got to see the video. It's, it's. You look at it once and you go, "That's kind of cool." Yeah. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely Google it after this. And if I make it, I won't post it on social media though. I did for the first time ever. Like, I was so bored, and my roommate's my brother. So we decided we have a restaurant we really like, like walking distance from our house that makes paella. And we're like, man, I want some fucking paella. So we actually went and bought all the ingredients and made paella one day. But yeah, why not? I, I mean, but, like that's the thing when you have when you have the time. I get it. Like I'm sitting here. You got an extra hour of the day. Yeah. 
okay, you don't have to commute anymore. I get it. You're like, okay, how do I fill up this time? Yeah. I put on headphones, I listen to a podcast, I start cooking dinner, and it feels yeah. better. I feel yeah, better. Absolutely. So I understand. But I didn't put it on social media. I probably should have. I'll let people know that I can make paella now. <laughs> should have let You'll them know. Do it your next date. You can do it on your next date. Yeah, I like that. It's a good idea. Hopefully, I'll have a date with it after this all ends, man. It's been taking too long. That's the one you thing. Don't I was. Get too- one. I know, I know. But you know, I was telling. Uh, I have a couple of friends who are getting married this summer in June, so that looks like their wedding's axed out for now, at least. It's it's gonna be like. It's going to be weird how many people didn't get into a relationship like this spring and this summer. Like we're going to have like a lull in relationships. You're going in and out on me. I uh, couldn't hear you. Uh, I was saying it's weird how many people, how much of a lull we're going to have there? on relationships. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Sorry about that. I was saying it's going to be now. a weird, still cutting now? No, you're good. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was saying. It's going to be a weird year. We have such a long lull on relationships. Like we had a year this spring and summer, no new relationships. I wonder like we're getting like a whole year of like less weddings. It's going to be interesting. I I think there's opportunity in the dating world right now that people are not really looking into. I think a lot of people are like, well, I hate that I have to go on social distance date. I hate I have to do this. I have to do a FaceTime call. And it's like, there's positive in it. There's, there's, I think uh, you know if someone really wants to get to know you, if they're willing to take those steps. A lot of people are going, well, now I'm getting reached out to by a bunch of exes. Yeah, because those exes uh, don't, can't meet new people. So they're going to the old <laughs> Rolodex of people who have said yes, and they're going to you because maybe you'll say yes again. That's and you already know one. the parameters of the re- relationship. You already know that the person knows you don't want a long-term thing with them. So all those exes are coming back just trying to like find some sort of connection. So it all that kind of does make sense. That makes perfect sense, actually. I like that a lot. Um, well, anyway, hold man, on one second. I got yeah, okay. yeah, I heard that. Hello. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh, it's all good, man. Uh, is is that is that a landline? No, I live in a yes, but I have a uh, we have like a doorman here. So when oh, okay, goes okay. downstairs, they call up and all that stuff. All right, I thought maybe you were the first person with a landline left, man. I was like, what? What is that? Is that one of those long distance call? call? Yeah, my long distance <laughs> calls from there and everything. <laughs> that, well, yeah. Well, anyway, man, I want to thank you again for coming on today. This was a great time. Of course, and, uh, thanks for having me. And um, are you any? I know right now the schedule's all over the place. Are you coming to Seattle anytime? I'm coming to Tacoma, Tacoma and Spokane um, okay. in the fall. So the I fall. hope that happens still. Um, yeah, but just at Instagram, at Jared Freed. That's where I put out all my stuff. Perfect. And I'll, and I'll plug that in in the intro as well. So I thank you again for coming on, man. We had a really good time. And uh, I'll send you the podcast and all the clips uh, later this evening. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks, Jared. Have a good day, man. Stay safe. Yeah. All right, that was Jared Freyd. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. He is an absolutely fascinating and fun guy. Make sure to follow him. When he comes to your city, go buy some tickets. Go check him out. He 
you know, uh, if you thought he was funny and interesting on this podcast, he's even better on his on the stage on stand up comedy. So do that. Follow him on Instagram. And as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can follow me at Gjerjur on Instagram and Twitter. Please rate, review, and leave five stars and subscribe to this podcast wherever you can. I really appreciate you listening. We'll be back Wednesday with more podcasts. We have a really fun guest on on Wednesday. You might know him from the barber shop with LeBron James, the barber, the guy who cuts everyone's hair is coming on the pod. So enjoy that.